In this episode of the Austin Spotlight, I speak with Wilson Haley of Trespasso, and we talk about his steps to getting the perfect cup of coffee. I hope you enjoy the episode, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. Uh, today, I am here with Wilson Haley of Trapeze, uh, Trespezzo, uh, and we're just going to kind of talk about coffee, because uh, who doesn't like a good cup of coffee? So, Wilson, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Wilson Haley. I'm the owner of Tezpresso, uh, and if you are a coffee lover, a coffee aficionado, a coffee snob even, then you know the struggle of finding good quality coffee is is difficult um, and making it yourself is sometimes feels like an insurmountable task. So I help people brew coffee at home like a pro without having to go to the coffee shops. And how did you get into to coffee? Was it just something you always had a passion for or what got you kind of kind of going down that path? Oh man. So I, it, it was actually my wife who got me into this path. She studied under the, the World Barista Brewing Champion of 2012 in Shanghai and uh, kind of delved deep into this, this coffee thing. And then she wanted to open up a coffee shop. And I was, a, I was a business consultant at that point in time. And I said, opening a coffee shop is a terrible idea. They never work out. They're not profitable. Let's do it. And so we did. And we opened up a, uh, a very successful cafe in Beijing, China. Uh, we won Best Cafe in a city of 32 million people three years in a row. So that's my, my little claim to fame that I'm proud of. And that's my, my start in the coffee world. And so Wilson and I got uh, connected a couple of weeks ago and thought he would be a great person to bring on again, because coffee uh, is something that unites most of us, even though I'm not a, a big coffee drinker, it's still something that uh, you, you know, nowadays, not, not doing it too much nowadays, but working at coffee, working from coffee shops or, or drinking coffee is something that kind of unites uh, a lot of us from that standpoint. Um, so I know you, um, so kind of, what's your kind of your coffee 101, your basics that you would um, bring to someone like myself who maybe doesn't drink a whole lot of coffee to help um, give me some information and expertise so that I know maybe a little bit more what I'm doing or what I'm maybe some easy mistakes that I may be making if, if you're a novice like myself. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is like, actually, you know what, Troy, first of all, thank you for inviting me to your show. Um, for sure. I'm really excited to be on today and I, I look forward to it. Um, but yeah, no, so there's, there's seven, seven key elements that I always talk about when I'm teaching people how to brew coffee like a pro without having to go to the coffee shop. Um, you want me to just rattle those off? Sure, go ahead. And then dig in deeper? Or how do you want to do this? Sweet. Yeah. So the, the first thing is uh, I always recommend that you develop a morning coffee ritual or an afternoon coffee ritual, just a coffee ritual. Uh, number two is to focus Focus on the quality of your beans. That's incredibly important, both for health reasons and for the actual quality of the cup that you end up brewing. Uh, number three is, let's look at my notes real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. So number three is that you have to choose the right brew method for uh, your current skill level and the kind of coffee that you want to drink. Um, number four is to use a scale. Uh, this is an interesting one that we'll get into here in a second. Number five is to properly store your beans. And number six is to use good quality water. And number seven, arguably the most important, is to understand the extraction process and work on improving it over time. 
Uh, so yeah, let's um, so let's start at number one there from a, a coffee routine. What um, what kind of mistakes do you see people making in that routine versus what would be kind of the ideal uh, routine for someone? Well, so the it's for me it's the the biggest mistake for people is when they when they say I really want good coffee. And I, I like going to my coffee shop. I enjoy that, but I want to be able to attain that at home every single day and not have to make the trek over to the, the coffee shop every single day. Absolutely. So for me, the story is that I remember vividly um, the day that I started implementing like a morning routine. You know, I think everybody goes through that phase of saying, hey, I've looked at the research. There's tons of people out here who propo- like proponents of having a morning, an early morning routine. And it wasn't until I started including coffee as like, part of my morning routine that I was able to truly feel like a very centering and grounding experience. And, uh, you know, like growing up, I always woke up at 530 in the morning, went for a swim, did my whole thing. And, you know, early, uh, early adulthood, that habit quickly fell off the wagon. And so trying to rebuild that was a little bit of a struggle and coffee definitely helped with that. Um, not just, you know, the caffeine, but also the fact of like the practice of brewing coffee in the morning, being, uh, being engaged, being intentional about uh, actually brewing the coffee and tasting. It. And so that is why it's my first recommendation is that the benefits of just having that ritual and focusing on it are greater than anything else that you could, uh, that you could uh, hope to achieve with uh, your normal brew method. So regardless of whatever you're, however you're brewing it right now, start making it a central part of your morning ritual or your afternoon ritual or whatever works for you so that you can um, have that centering and grounding and pay more attention to your coffee. Now, again, if you're just looking for convenience and caffeine, don't even worry about it. That's your thing. You do you zero judgment. And I know there's obviously a lot of people who are in that, uh, in, in that uh, realm of things as well too. So, um, one of the other things that you, that you hit on that, uh, seems like it would be important would be beans, right? So those people who drink a lot of wine, the, you know, the grapes and where the grapes are from are obviously a, a super important thing. So I would imagine for coffee, the type of beans and where the beans are from are, um, very important factors for getting the kind of coffee you want. And that tastes good from that standpoint. Yeah, completely. There's a uh, there's a huge amount of overlap between coffee, wine, beer, cheese in terms of like the the flavor things. In fact, I've got a beautiful little flavor wheel right here that you can take a look at. So those are this is kind of inspiration yeah. for what's that? No, it's good. I like like anything that's. I'm a big graphic person, so yeah, stuff that can help make make things easy to digest. Oh, I, I love this graphic. Yeah. And this is, it's one that has helped me a lot over the years because I'm, I'm really bad at describing the tastes that I am tasting. Like, I'll mm-hmm. just be like, this coffee tastes like, uh, tastes like good coffee. I don't, I don't know. And it's, I'm still really bad at it, honestly, but sure. having something to help inspire, like what I'm tasting, like how to describe it. And I think it's a really important, uh, aspect of tasting anything. Like if you get into the tasting process of any of those things, using these 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 crazy intense charts as inspiration for description rather than trying to you know fit a uh, square into a circle hole peg square peg sure. into a circle circular hole um and kind of pigeonhole it into that but yeah so finding uh finding quality beans is one of the most difficult things for people and it's not um 
it's partly a, um, a knowledge-based thing. It's partly an experience-based thing. But one of the uh, biggest aspects of it is this misleading marketing that's out there. So obviously coffee is a huge industry. It is the second most traded commodity in the world right after oil. And you have so many uh, companies that are uh, peddling coffee in one way or another. And in order for your layman to kind of sift through that mess and figure out what is actually quality coffee is incredibly difficult. The, um, the reason being that most coffee roasters and producers, they purposefully burn their beans, right? So they burn their beans for a number of reasons, um, mostly so that they'll achieve a standardization of flavor and that those beans taste the same all the time. And the, you know, like 1% of coffee roasters out there who try to craft a quality coffee without burning it and kind of enhance and pull out those flavors that exist naturally in the coffee fruit as opposed to just this one ashen uh, palette is they're difficult to find and they're difficult to judge for them. And the marketing will kind of tie you into a brand uh, loyalty for subpar quality coffee. Now, normally I don't have an issue with that. That's, that's business, that's fine. But the, when it comes to the health aspects of coffee, that's where I start to take issue with it. So burnt coffee obviously is bad for you and not burnt coffee is good for you. And the, uh, a lot of the reports and research that you'll read out there is it's, there's this huge argument on the internet. And what it can really be boiled down to is that good coffee is good for you and bad coffee is bad for you. And the, it's because it's burnt. So I, one of the things that I do, that I spend the most time talking to people on uh, talking to people about is how do you evaluate different coffees? And so there are, um, there's a couple of kind of uh, signs that you can pay attention to when you're looking at a coffee. Uh, the easiest sign to look for is, does it have a roast date? So if I look at a coffee bag and it has a roast date on it, that means that the roaster themselves is confident enough in their ability to produce, package and distribute that they're willing to share with us when this coffee was roasted. There's a whole lot of other stuff that goes into the quality of uh, roast date and when you should get it. And we'll maybe touch on that later. Um, the second one is, does the roaster have somebody on their team who, whose full-time job is to source coffee beans? That's kind of the, the golden standard. If they have somebody who's traveling the world and placing bids on micro lots, you, you don't even have to look at anything past that. It's, uh, it's uh, good to go. The other easy thing to look at is, um, do they roast to order? So like if you go to their website and you buy coffee from them, do they roast it after you place the order? Or do they roast a bunch of coffee in advance, package it all up, and then hope that it gets sold? Uh, so if you visit, um, it's it, it can be surprising to see uh, different coffee shops that have a certain reputation of being quality, that as they scale, they're no longer able to achieve that same level of quality, <clears throat> which is totally understandable, but they're... Sure they end up kind of dipping down and going to that burnt coffee route. <clears throat> so you have to be vigilant, you have to be careful, you have to check out what is actually going on with that coffee. And the service that Tespresso offers is mostly centered around this. I spend my days testing coffees. I brew way too much coffee. I don't know if you can tell that I'm trying to slow my voice down, <laughs> but I've got that coffee energy going. So I keep speeding yeah. up. Um, and that's because I drink so much coffee every day, testing different local roasters and then I pick the best ones that I really enjoy that I think have done a phenomenal job at <clears throat> roasting and drawing out the, the origin flavors. And then I ship those to my subscribers and then we, we brew together once a week. 
Chris, um, one of the other questions I know I'd gotten kind of asked by a few different people beforehand was, um, and I think this probably goes back to the beans a lot from that standpoint, but what's maybe the best way to brew um, coffee without it being so bitter, right? So, so many of us, the, you know, when I yeah. do drink coffee, it tends to be cream and sugar with a dash of coffee versus, you know, adding just a little bit of something to flavor my coffee from that standpoint. And so uh, for most people I think who don't like coffee, it's because a lot of coffees will come across as bitter. Um, is are the beans going to be the best way from that standpoint to to avoid that, or are there other tricks? Yes. So the bean the beans is the most impactful thing that you can do. Like if you get rid of burnt beans, a lot of that bitterness goes away. The vast majority of bitterness. If you're determined, like if I send you a bag of coffee that I've already tested and you get bitterness out of it, then it's time to dig into your process. Um, and generally speaking, if you're getting bitterness, that means you are over extracting your coffee. Well, we can touch base on that later, but you know, it just means that you need to dial back some of the things, use uh, lower temperature water, use a coarser grind of coffee, things like that. So, well, I mean, for what, so basically, and if I'm doing that at home, does that mean I need to set my coffee maker at a lower temperature for what it's um, for the water that it's filtering through, or again, most of the stuff that you're sending out to people are those pre-ground or they're not ground, so you're going to have they're going to have to grind them themselves from the bean standpoint. That way, yeah. So you, I, I definitely recommend grinding things yourself. Um, coffee loses its flavor in roughly 15 minutes after it's ground. So if it's okay. it is exposed to oxygen as in its ground state. After 15 minutes, it will become a very flat um, tasting coffee. And this, this is one of the other things that I see people make the mistake on a lot is how they store their coffee. And part of that is, do you pre-grind it and then store it? Generally speaking, that's a terrible idea. Do you freeze it? Don't freeze it. Do you, you some people will store their coffee too soon. So after the roasting process, coffee has a natural degassing process that it has to go through. And for pour over or for drip coffee, the ideal period of time for that degassing process to happen is around five to seven days. And if you throw it into a vacuum sealed container before then, which by the way is the recommended way of storing your coffee. If you throw it in there before then it will degas within that container, uh, removing any of the uh, vacuum properties that you had and continuing to degrade uh, relatively quickly. Obviously it's better than uh, leaving in the bag, leaving it un unopened or leaving the bag opened. And it's better than grinding your coffee in advance. Interesting. So yeah, that's, um, again, you know, comparing it to other things, you know, it's kind of like wine and storing it at the proper temperature and how much Absolutely. you let it breathe yeah. versus, versus, you know, leaving it out too long and then starts to taste vinegary and all those kind of things from, from that standpoint. Um, out of the, you know, out of your seven other seven, um, key elements, what would be kind of the next top one in your mind to, uh, to pay attention to and trying to get great coffee? at home. So one of the, I don't know if you can hear my tiny human back there crying. <laughs> um, one, one of the, the reasons you need co coffee. Oh yes. No, it's, uh, it's, it's been a blessing to have plenty of coffee around the house when raising two little ones. Um, get a scale. Getting a scale is, was one of the biggest game changers for me. So there's the traditional method of brewing coffee where you kind of take out a spoonful, you figure out how much water you think you need, and you kind of go by guess and go by feel. And 
it sometimes it works and sometimes you brew amazing coffee and then you'll notice other times it'll be incredibly inconsistent and you'll end up with this brew that you didn't like when you're like wait a second i just had this coffee yesterday it was amazing how is it that today i brewed something completely different and so part of that is the ritual aspect of maintaining a consistent approach to how you how you brew your coffee and allowing yourself to use a scale or sorry using a scale allows you to um, attain a higher level of accuracy in reaching that consistency. So instead of measuring out two tablespoons, which is a volumetric approach, you use a scale and measure out say 45 grams, and that's a uh, gravimetric approach. You're also able to easily scale back and forth. So let's say every morning I use 25 grams of coffee and I put uh, 320 grams of water in, and that's my ratio for that particular coffee. And then somebody comes over for the next morning and I need to make a batch of two to three cups. I can scale that up based on that ratio and say, okay, I'm going to put in 40 grams of coffee and uh, 640 grams of water. And there you go. You're all set. You can't do that when you're using a, um, or you can't do that as easily when you're using the estimation approach. Yeah. So getting a scale is critical. Game changer. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, for here in Austin, um, do you have any, um, obviously, some favorite roasters or some go-to roasters um, here in Austin? Yeah, actually, so when I had to run inside and my um, phone overheated, I left those bags yeah. out there. Give me like two seconds and I'll go show you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is uh, the roaster that I've worked with the longest here in Austin, and I'm okay. consistently impressed with the quality of coffee that he pumps out. So this is uh, Weathered Water Hands. Hand. They're based out of uh, Dripping Springs. And this is a coffee that I highly recommend. It's a naturally processed Brazil. Um, and it is of a varietal that I had never tried before until he got it imported. Uh, it's a varietal called the Yellow Catuai, I believe. And it's, it's got this really interesting complex flavor. And this was the, when we started our subscription model uh, for coffee delivery three months ago, four months ago, this is the first coffee that we sent out. Um, and it was a huge hit. I absolutely love this coffee. Awesome. And so I didn't want to stick with just one roaster for that. Um, sure. Even though my personal supply, I go through different roasters, but that was the roaster that we had worked with for our coffee pops up, pop-ups. So the next one that we did, oh, I actually don't have that bag. Uh, Super Good Coffee Co. They are based out of North Austin, kind of over by 620 um, mm -hmm. in Illuminate Coffee Bar. They're really, really good. They know their stuff. Um, and there's a couple of videos out there of, uh, um, like explainer videos that they that they do that I think are really, really quality. And then this is a recent new one that this is this month's coffee. And this is a Peruvian coffee. It's, uh, I believe it's naturally processed as well. Sorry, no, it's a washed process. Um, and this is Praxis Coffee Roasters. These guys are over kind of close by, kind of close to William Cannon off of Manshack. Um, okay. And absolutely amazing. This, this coffee kind of blew me away with how uh, complex it was. So it's a Peruvian coffee and it has this very distinct mango flavor uh, when you extract it correctly. And that's uh, that's not common for South American coffees. In fact, I learned from the roaster, we did a Q&A with him the other day and uh, apparently the farmer that grows this coffee, they work with very, very closely and they helped him, uh, they helped him raise funds to build an aqueduct on their farm and to start the importing process. So they actually import the buds of, uh, the coffee buds from plants on African coffees in Africa and ship them over as plants or as the buds of the plants to mm -hmm. uh, pollinate and graft onto their plants. So it's this bizarre 
wow. hybrid that they've created that's it's beautiful absolutely love it and i'm going to do a little sneak preview nobody else knows this yet this is the coffee that we're going to be rocking next month um and i'm really excited about this one um that's all i'm going to say there but you can check out lta yeah. there. out there okay cool yeah. very nice so um yeah. go ahead no you go ahead those are the no, ones i just... recommend for now I would say so. Uh, why don't you go, go maybe a little more into depth about? So, like uh, you mentioned, obviously these are for your subscription model. Like, what's so that's part of your guys' business um, that you're doing? Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, like I said earlier, I I realized that finding and um, evaluating roasters and their coffees is one of the most difficult things for people who want to explore coffee. Uh, it's, it's really difficult to do. Um, both because of the misleading marketing and because of the skills required to kind of delve in deep and create the right recipes and the extraction process. And in, unless you really love it and you wanna spend a lot of time doing it, it's, it's generally not worth it. Um, and so I really enjoy exploring different coffees. I do that anyways with my time. And you know, I made a pop-up espresso bar company out of it. Um, and so I decided, hey, you know what? COVID-19 is here, we have to pivot anyways. This is something that I've been wanting to do um, and share my favorite coffees with people who are equally excited about brewing different coffees all the time and getting them, dialing them in and exploring them and talking about them. And so that's what I do. I, I take these coffees, I test them out. I send them to my subscribers after a grueling process of testing, comparing different coffees, different recipes, and settling on a recipe that I can safely recommend to people so that they can achieve these same results at home. Do you get and do you have any limitations as far as where you can ship to or, um, you know, locations or any, anything of that from that standpoint at all, or? We do free shipping for everywhere in the U S. Um, I have two people who <laughs> are trying to get me to ship internationally because they have a lot of friends that want this and we are almost ready to figure that out. So I'll say no limitations depending on when you, when you sign up for international orders, but no, no limitations within the U S at all. Hey, yo, there we three go. One, three, one, three. I was wondering if you're doing some like crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, trying to let, stuff. yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah. So that's the, again, the only downside of being the one man operation is you're like, oh, this would be great. Shoot, <laughs> let me try to do this. Let me try to do that. So I get um, it. And, and then how, these live seminars, I have like multiple, yeah. multiple cameras and I just can't manage it all. It's, it's yes, yeah. tends to be a mess sometimes, but yeah. I have fun. So exactly right. You have fun and hopefully people are getting some good experience out of it. Um, right. The other thing that you guys do are the mobile um, pop-up bars. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And is that kind of starting to kick back up at all or still not, not really quite yet? Yeah, so we've we've essentially nixed the uh, mobile espresso bar pop-ups until for the rest of 2020, um, okay. at least as a, a service that you can hire for your events. We are taking bookings for 2021. We'll plan on getting back into it at that point in time, but we'll figure it out then. Our mobile espresso bar pop-ups were a situation where we would send baristas with a mobile espresso bar to offices and events. Um, for offices, we would do it on a regular basis. So each barista would have a schedule of offices they would visit Monday through Friday. They would set up shop and they would serve coffee to the people who worked in those offices. Um, we do want to get back into that at some point, but for the rest of 2020, I don't think we're going to do that. Sure. Instead, our pop-up services are, we're planning on making those available soon within the next month or two months as a, um, as a very low cost service for a party. So you say, hey, oh. 
we want you to come out, serve, our, serve coffee to uh, my people at my brunch, at my, at my little dinner party, whatever. And we'll show up, we'll make you some coffee, we'll have somebody kind of talk you through the process of making the coffee and teach your people. And there will be an opportunity for uh, the people at your party to subscribe to the membership or maybe even buy some of the coffee equipment that we are adding to our online store then and there. Nice. Any other kind of last uh, last minute things you'd like to let people know about and, and share? Yeah, so I know that we're going just a little bit over time. I will try to keep this short. The last two yeah. points that I try to share with people when they're making, uh, when they're brewing coffee like a pro at home. Use good water, which means that it needs to have some amount of mineral content. Austin tap water is actually very good. It's not the worst in the world. You don't really need to filter it unless you're using it in an espresso machine. Calcification is the biggest enemy of espresso machines filter that stuff out there. Um, for everything else, like if you're in a uh, county that draws from harder water, use use like a Brita filter. They are surprisingly good at getting rid of all but exactly what you need for coffee. Like you do want a just a tiny bit of salt um, or mineral content in your water. Another option is that you're, if you are using uh, completely pur purified water, distilled water, add just like less than a pinch of salt, you're good to go. Um, and then the last thing is to understand the extraction process and you know what? That's uh, that's we'll we'll leave that for another time. That's an in-depth conversation. Sounds like something for the um, one of the Shreveport services. I'm sure you guys probably talk about a lot of that stuff. Oh, we um, get into it in way too much detail. It's it's <laughs> geeky. It's awesome. it's fun for some. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, hey, Wilson, I really appreciate you taking the time to to jump out yeah, on Facebook with me time. today. Um, yeah. Everyone who stopped by, really appreciate that as well and hope you guys uh, in, are enjoying some good coffee in the next couple of days and have a great rest of your day.